don't listen to podcasts. It's terrible. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Erasable Podcast. Tonight we're excited not only because it's World Stationary Day on Wednesday, uh, but also we're going to be joined by someone we've wanted to talk to for a long time, Brian Bedell from Kudal Partners and Field Notes. He'll be here with us from the second half. Uh, for now, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, the gem paper clips to my ring clasp, Johnny Gamber <laughs> and Tim Wassum. Hey, guys. Hey, Andy. Hola. How are you? Very good. You guys really are the perfection of designs, so... <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Wait till you see me in person. You're going <laughs> right. to be shocked. Someday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're, we, we're going to have Brian on later, which is pretty awesome. Um, and in lieu of um, a pencil of the week, we're going to be uh, discussing uh, just a little bit, some initial uh, impressions from uh, The Perfection of the Paperclip, the new book by James Ward. So, yeah, join us in, in for that. Um, I guess I should. We should start off with the tools of the trade. Tim, what are you drinking with? What are you drinking and writing with? <laughs> what are you drinking I, with? A glass. <laughs> <laughs> a glass, mostly, usually. Yeah. Uh, I am drinking tea tonight. Uh, just a little, little caffeine just to boost me, just until I go to bed. So I'm drinking some berries black tea. It's my favorite black tea Ooh, with some a good healthy dose of half and half. A nice beautiful orange color. Uh, and I am writing with my uh, penmanship pencil, 4B penmanship pencil for my that I reviewed uh, not too long ago. It's a nice. I'm finding that it's a nice podcasting pencil because it's really quiet because it's so soft. Mm. Like butter. Yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. Johnny, how about you? Well, I am drinking a nice old fashioned compared to the eh, old fashions I usually make that. Is made with bullet rye. And I didn't realize how hipsterific bullet whiskey is getting <laughs> until it's like all over Instagram. But it's good stuff. You, you, know, know, you know, the rye nice. is made in Indiana. Yes. I knew that because my friend read the label and he's like, why is it made in Indiana? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's, it's always confused me because bullet county in Kentucky is not spelled the same way as bullet whiskey. Like, they're, none of them are spelled like a, you know, like a gun bullet um, yeah. or a bullet pencil, but. That's I have no idea why. I think this is named after a guy hmm. who had a, a mysterious frontier whiskey uh, recipe. Like frontier whiskey, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm writing with a really cool pencil I picked up at uh, CW Pencil Enterprise called the Musgrave Bugle. It's a um, it's not unfinished. It's a clear lacquered round pencil that's untipped with white letters, and it's pretty inexpensive. It's like a quarter. And on Caroline's website, it says, shiny and simple, the bugle is a cute untip number two, which pretty much sums it up. It's a cool pencil. It's a cute. Untip. Definitely tag them onto an order. I should have bought more of these. I bought like two. I went like 100. <laughs> they're cool. Well, maybe we'll have the opportunity to to change that. We will steal them off. <laughs> buy them off. Buy them off. <laughs> I am, How about uh, you, Mr. Andy? I am. I've been kind of sick this weekend. It's. I'm amazed that I have a voice right now to, to do this podcast. But I'm. So I'm just drinking water for now. Um, you guys are making me look like a lush. <laughs> well, normally <laughs> I would be joining you in some kind of drink, but just today, yeah. I've been drinking water like it's going on the style. Which in <laughs> California, it's kind of going out. <laughs> I paid eight dollars for this water, um, and I know you're going to gasp when I say this, but I'm writing with a mechanical pencil. 
I, uh, it was just sitting in the uh, pencil cup when I was grabbing an index card to write on. Mm. Uh, it's actually I just my... muted myself because I was thrown up in the corner. Of the room, <laughs> but, yeah. Threw up a little bit in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's actually my favorite of the of the bullet pencils. It's a disposable. It's a zebra, and I think Pentel makes the zebra. Um, it's the uh, number two point uh, seven millimeters. It's they look like a wooden pencil in that they're um, they has like a real ferrule on it. And it has like a hexagonal body and uh, they're really nice. They're like four inches. So they're the size of a good like shortened pencil. Um, Yeah, they just do a really good job of better than anybody else really like emulating a wooden pencil. So I don't know. Plus they're adorable. Yeah, they're super adorable and they're like so cheap. You can just get them and just, you know, lose them really easily. So, yeah, um, we didn't do our jokey, um, jokey drinks this week. (laughs) Well, there are riots in my city, so... That's true. <laughs> I'd rather just have the straight drink. You're too busy. <laughs> yeah. No, I just wanted the whiskey. Yeah. What the hell with this magic goblin drink? I want it. Nice well, it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but it's uh, it's ironic you talk about riots happening in Baltimore right now, and we we stopped for a second when the first time we tried recording because we heard the ice cream man. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds well, real rough out there, Johnny. He's he leading is. the charge. Yeah. yeah. He's going to get himself in trouble. No, I was kidding. Oh, yeah. No, the, the riots are like two miles from here. Yeah. Which in Baltimore is pretty far. It's yeah. a, there's a lot between here and there. Including my favorite park. How hilly is, yeah. is Baltimore? Um, It's pretty hilly. I live in the um, pretty high up. So when I used to be in the workforce, I had a very easy ride to work on my bike. Hmm. It's all downhill. Yep. Uphill, built character. <laughs> but I was going home, you know, take a shower, yeah. eat way too much food. <laughs> so today we are talking about um, the the new book by James Ward, The Perfection of the Paperclip. Um, it's really not that new because um, it's been out in the UK for a few months now. Yeah, it's um, paperback already. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I'm kind of jealous of the UK hardback because it's it has like a, without the dust jacket, it has like this rubbery texture and it has that cool kaleidoscope um, design stamped on it. Oh, so, man. Uh, TJ, I think, was showing his his copy on in the group. It's like, man, we just have a boring looking book. <laughs> but it's uh, I'd be interested to get a copy of a UK book just to see what the differences are. Um, I assume that occasionally in this book he'll like in parentheses put like imperial measurement um, next to you know like the the metric stuff. So mm. um, I'm guessing maybe it's that. Um, I don't know what else. His his introduction is definitely different. He kind of explains why they're not using the UK version. Um, in in the US, people tend to say stationary to mean like fancy, like paper and envelopes that you get from papyrus mm-hmm. or yeah. something like that, rather than like office office supplies. But mm-hmm. I guess I say I usually say stationary, like a stationary store for office supplies. Yeah. 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 Just I sort of forgot that that's not what people mean by it around yeah, here. Exactly. But I think I think most people. I think in our world, it's we think that way, but I do think most people here, when they hear stationary store, they think of wedding invitations yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of gold foil or gold leaf. Which I'll admit, yeah. it makes it hard when I'm in a city with like some time to do some shopping and I, I look on Yelp or something for some cool like office supply shops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll put in stationary and usually it'll show me like the paper source or papyrus or like things remembered even or something like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely makes it hard. Um, because when I just search for office supplies, usually it just shows me like 
Office Max or Staples or something. <laughs> uh, words. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, we had a really good response. Um, I know that, you know, almost 30 people took advantage of our um, our affiliate link to buy the, really? buy the book online. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, <laughs> we made a whole 34 cents. No, we made a little <laughs> more than that. But um, good old Amazon definitely doesn't give a huge cut, but it's still all right. And, and those of you who used an independent book dealer to buy – uh, buy your copy. I can forgive you for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> most definitely. For sure. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, so we'll be talking about it today, and we should say the next episode. So if you haven't got a copy of it yet, you can jump on Amazon uh, through the link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. Because today we're gonna uh, give some first impressions and talk about some things, that, and then once we've all finished the book, in the next episode we'll talk about it at large, the book as a whole. So. Absolutely. And, uh, and those show notes, in case you're interested, is at erasable.us slash 28. Um, one thing I was going to correct this in post, but I might as well just bring it up now. Uh, we actually recorded the interview uh, with Brian before we did this We did this first part. Um, and for some reason, I was thinking it was episode 27. So I, I think that uh, in that interview, I say uh, our show notes at erasable.us slash 27. Uh, that is in fact wrong. It is at twenty eight. So oh, that's my fault. I, I no, know it's episode right. twenty seven. No, because I can't believe we're at twenty eight. If I would have like looked around, <laughs> I would have corrected myself. But <laughs> we're getting up there. We're gonna be old timers. We are in the podcasting world. <laughs> Meanwhile, pen addicts on like what one seven one fifty one. Are they really? Yeah. Well, they do it every week, and they've been going for two years longer than we have. So, so it's understandable. Powerhouse. I think they're the only one of the uh, Mike Hurley shows that have continuously counted from the beginning uh pen addict has stayed basically the same since since his 70 decibels day which was like two podcast networks ago (laughs) (laughs) it's very confusing i think part of it is because when he went from five by five to relay fm that one wasn't one of the like tech powerhouses so they just wanted to like they were just like sure just take that with you yeah yeah anyhow and yeah it was the only one that didn't change names dude yeah that's true yeah Mm. um yeah so um it's one thing i should point out is um, i'm kind of a bad analog user because this is the first paper paper copy of a book that i've read for a while really yeah probably probably a year wow Um, yeah i just uh i've had my kindle and i've really been conscious about like adding to my library and like taking up physical space just because i've definitely been downsizing um we'll move so, it across the country you know yeah well even <laughs> even before that was even a thing i was going to do i moved from a really big place to a much smaller place so i kind of downsized some of my library then i've just been trying to be conscious about um just about my like physical library so so i've been getting mostly amazon books or finding things from the library or finding things that fell off the internet truck, things like that. But <laughs> this is uh this is definitely a worthwhile, worthwhile investment into dead trees. I think <laughs> I've never read an ebook before. It, uh, it takes some getting used to, but it's not, it's not mm-hmm. bad. I like it because sometimes I read like more than one book at once. Like maybe I have a book of short stories and a novel going on. And mm-hmm. I was traveling in 2011 a lot for my, um, back and forth for my, um, for the pencils.com job and I got a Kindle for Christmas and it was really nice because you could just pack that on an airplane and, you know, pull it out when you need it. You wouldn't have to travel yeah. with two books. I like my Kindle. I don't, I hate reading on my iPad, but I like reading on my Kindle that e-ink. Yeah. 
thing is really yeah really nice. Have you ever? I wish seen they were them? a little more easy to handle and easy to navigate. Yeah, because I have the old one that's just like four buttons. So yeah, Johnny, have you ever used an e-ink display for, on anything? Yeah, I'm I'm the odd guy among everybody I know. I'm the only one without one. Everybody's <laughs> got one. They're trying to talk me into it. It's a uh, it's nicer because like I was worried that it was going to be just really like ice draining because you know like an iPad is in such high contrast it's hard to stare at that for a long time mm-hmm. um but that e ink display um is a really nice uh, it's not backlit or anything so it's it makes it more like actual you know type on a on a on a page but uh mm-hmm. but yeah there's definitely something nice about being able to just like flip back and forth in my my physical book yeah. and and I also wrote a little like a couple notes in the margins for for discussion and that's not something that's easy to do on a on a kindle you can yeah. um you'll wreck it <laughs> yeah well you can uh you can like annotate and like type in notes but that's not that's it's hard to kind of like recall and get back to it so so i definitely felt like i was back in college with annotating my <laughs> my notebook that's awesome. my textbook yeah so um yeah what did you guys think of the first few chapters I learned a lot. I don't know about you guys. It's a. Uh, I love, you know, even if this wasn't stationary stuff, I still would really like it because I I love just trivia like this. There's a there's yeah. a book called mm-hmm. Consider the Fork, which is a lot like this, only with like kitchen utensils and their evolution throughout history, and mm-hmm. like they talk about like crock pots and ovens and forks <laughs> and chopsticks, and it's really great. Um, so it's it's very similar to that in that it just like kind of breaks things down by category and then gives you some some history and how it got to where it is today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's isn't there a Bill Bryson has a book about like a similar kind of premise about home, doesn't he? Like a Yeah, home I have a copy. where he talks about like the concept of houses and different rooms in the houses and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, at uh, home. At home. Yeah, yeah. A short history of I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. It's big book. So <clears throat> yeah, it is. So it's but Bill, uh, good, big Bill Bryson books are good books. Sorry, I, I read which Bill Bryson book was it? Um, oh, where he talks about like the universe, or do you know what I'm, what I'm talking about? Nope. Okay, I'll look it up. Nine. <laughs> he went to uh, Carbondale in the one that he wrote about America in the '80s, hmm. which summed up my experiences there too. Yeah, just beer and TV. That's about it. <laughs> I'm not yeah. a big fan of either. I wasn't. Anyway. Yeah. It's no it's no wild turkey. Mm. No wild oh, turkey man. books. What did what did you guys as uh let's start about like the writer himself, James Ward, like with this book. What did you how did you think about or what did you think about his uh like his tone? Like because the, the I well, feel like the, the tone of this book is pretty First first of all, different. he's much he's much younger than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. According to like the picture on the dust jacket, like I honestly have no idea how old he is, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's definitely younger than I thought. And he comes from a. It looks like this book is written mostly out of um, his experience on a blog. Um, mm-hmm. What is this blog called? It's something like "I like boring things" or something like that. Uh, I like boring things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's which is pretty great because I can relate to that. To the mm-hmm. point. <laughs> it's it's very. You know, like so. There's the evolutionary, the evolutionary. No, excuse me, the evolution of useful things is that what it's called the henry petrosky book yes um, like that. yes it's i think it's, of, it's like that or very close to that yeah it's this book is similar to that in kind of what it's trying to do but it has i feel like the complete kind of opposite tone of petrosky 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like a lot lighter and more accessible than Petrosky is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe yeah, the sometimes... first time I read the, the pencil, it was kind of ponderous. Yeah, yeah, ponderous. Not being really not word. being an engineer. Yeah, but once you get past that, you're like, yay! <laughs> this one does feel a lot more kind of like blog based than that. It, it does seem like a little bit shorter, and he writes with some like uh, colloquialisms and like just ways of saying things that may not hold up over time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, plus the, his, it's just newer. The, the pencil was written in what the eighties. Yeah, eighty nine. Yeah, kind of yeah. dated. There was still Blackwing back then. The original yeah. Blackwing. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah he, he definitely lets his voice out, like which you like aren't don't really expect and said in a book that's very a lot of the times like several pages will go by and it'll just kind of feel like history you know of things and all of a sudden his voice comes out i have a underlined thing here in the section where he's talking about paper clips and uh or he's actually talking about pins and clips and like binder clips and he says 54 uses for binder clips that will change your life (laughs) promises one buzzfeed article although (laughs) Uh, having read all 54 uses, my life remains as resolutely disappointing as ever. <laughs> so he lets out kind of self-deprecating, like little humor stuff, like jumps out every few pages, which is pretty, Yeah, can can be pretty fun as you're reading it. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah, enjoy his, his playful tone because it's, it's something if it was not present in a book about whiteout and staplers and everything <laughs> it might just kind of make a lot of put yeah right yeah a lot of people go to sleep i i loved his rant about the um the imperial system versus the metric system <laughs> yeah, yeah that was funny i'm trying to find yeah. that right now i hung his... my head in shame a little bit yeah <laughs> he uh, was, he referenced i was reading the... sorry oh, go, go, ahead. Ahead. go on Tim, i'm sorry oh i was just i read a kurt vonnegut short story today it's kind of like off topic but it was uh, welcome to the monkey house and he's like the people do, like assisted suicide or like way into the future and it's this very kind of futuristic story about this crazy situation but Vonnegut makes a note to stop and say and we still weren't using the metric system by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like he um, I'm, I'm trying to remember what chapter this is it may be the one about paper um, where he's talking about this but he mm-hmm. he quotes Grandpa Simpson from an episode of the <laughs> yes, Simpsons yes. where I, I don't need the metric system I, I still oh, I'm on it. I'm 40, it. 40 rods yeah, to the hogs on, uh, 81 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. page 81 yeah man you guys are on top yeah, of this uh, the metric no, just, system is the tool to... of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The metric system is the tool of the devil. My car gets 40 rods to the hog's head, and that's the way I likes it. <laughs> yeah. True words have never been spoken. <laughs> it is It is really interesting. I've Because I, I guess I never, before maybe like a year ago, um, when I was really paying attention to like A5, A6, the paper sizes like that, I guess I never realized that they were, you know, they were like one was half of an of another one. I guess I never yeah, realized that how was that was really eye opening when he talked about that. Yeah, how logical that was. So it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, even even the first chapter about paper clips, it's it's so interesting because there's such a muddy history for so much of the stuff. Like mm-hmm. um, I don't know how often in this book they talk about how you know more than one person sort of invented the same thing at one time. Mm-hmm. It's just whoever was faster or had better marketing. Um, yeah. is the one who gets the credit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paperclips was interesting because it seemed like maybe that wasn't the case. Like it, you know, so many people kind of came up with this and so many people had really rapid iterations and improvement that it's kind of lost to history who invented the paperclip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But yeah, just the, sort of the discussion of the different paper clips was like a stroll down memory lane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm old enough to remember all those. Like the <laughs> one with the lip that makes it easier to, to yeah. mount your pages. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Can't find those. I um I really like I what I can't remember what they're called. Um they're those paper clips that sort of looks like it's an angel with wings, kind of. Yeah, I yeah, I call them a butterfly clip. I yeah, butterfly I'm, clip. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just what I call them. But yeah, I like there's ones yeah, that kind of like slide down on the top of the page yeah. and they're flat on the top. Yeah, that was one of the first like things that uh, Red and Hungry came out with. Oh yeah, I I still have that the the for Valentine's. Yeah, and then yeah. they had in the first kit they had a big box of them. And really, the box is really cool. We really have to get Hen on the show. Yeah, we do. Yeah, she was just talking. About, I I think it was from her where I learned that it was World Stationery Day, National Stationery Week. So, we don't have that in the U.S. This must be a metric thing. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, 40 rods to the Hogshead Day <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> we have WTF week. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting how what Liberia and uh, Burma and the U.S. are the ones who still use the metric system. Yeah. <laughs> but I did like how it pointed out that the U.S. has like sanctioned the use of the metric system, right? Yeah, for like a really long time, but we just still don't use it. Yeah, scientists <laughs> use the metric system. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's interesting. I I noticed just in flipping through the index um, that there really is no chapter about pencil sharpeners, um, which which I assume they're covering in the actual pencil chapter itself. Um, mm. But but yeah, it's 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 interesting to me that you know. A sharpener is, I'm sure that has gone through like a crazy history in iterations. Um, though, Johnny, you pointed out that pencil lead really wasn't centered until kind of recently. Yeah, if, I mean, my memory might be completely wrong, but I thought that was an early 20th, sort of late 19th century innovation. Yeah. That um, you could have a pencil sharpener because the leads were centered enough that you could, you know, get a reasonable point that way. Yeah. Maybe. Which is weird. I think we're, we're you know cutting edge still. Yeah, literally the cutting edge. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> he's just deferring. <laughs> maybe he's just deferring the entire uh, pencil sharpening, um, just everything to um, David Reeves. David Reeves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He wrote the book on it. That's it. It's true. <laughs> Bing bang boom. Um, I did read ahead to the the paper chapter. I don't know if you guys read that mm. one. I, he did a really really good job of um, tying in moleskins with. The invention of paper. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. And I appreciated his iteration that pe- that moleskins were always made in China. Yeah, and like, <laughs> like how and that's okay. About, mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked where he said people get all upset when notebooks are made in China, but hey, China kind of invented paper, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not that big. Like that's not a, a problem. Um, and I also really liked in that paper section when he's talking about, and I was thinking of you, Andy, with this too, because I know you. Or a fan of legal pads too, but mm-hmm. he he writes about the the origins of the legal pad, and yeah. Why they were yellow and that's really uh, interesting. Kind of like the the first time legal pads were made, they were just these kind of scrap things that people yeah. threw together, and they dyed them because all the paper was different colors and it made it all kind of uniform. I just thought it was that was a really I enjoyed that chapter a lot. And I love the idea that that judge like made his own rules on his on his pad, like, <laughs> like yeah, an important yeah. judge, just like finicky enough where he's just sitting there and with a ruler and just like. Marking out his own rulings, yeah. and I never knew that Ampad stood for American Pad and Paper. Yeah, company. neither did I. I, I yeah. and I didn't realize they were so early on. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, they're the ones who make my precious gold fiber notepad. Yep. Yeah. 
That's cool. It's um, there's a lot, so many companies that it's just, you know, it's it's so sad that they've just been gobbled up and gobbled up, like, yeah, you know, not only sure. Everhard Faber, but just like so many like little tiny companies that got bought by this and got bought by this and then got bought by Newell Rubbermaid, mm-hmm. right. for, just for example. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, yeah, it's it's cool that it seemed like if you had a vision and maybe just a little bit of backing, it was so easy to you know, start a company about something like this. Um, I guess, I guess Kickstarter is kind of making, doing that again, but maybe not to just the level because so much of the stuff has already been designed and, and imagined. And now it's all software, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. It's uh yeah, we, so I did, I did read the pencil chapter, but I figured we'd be talking about that in much more, much more detail. Um, mm-hmm. Did he did he mention mechanical pencils? Briefly, Very briefly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, weird. Speaking of mechanical pencils, the entire uh, episode of the most recent Pen Addict is about mechanical pencils, and I I don't know in what context because it just came out about an hour ago, uh, but we were mentioned in it. So thank you guys. Unless unless it's something bad, then no, thank you. Those guys don't like the kid. (laughs) Hopefully, they pointed out our our favorite chapter of how to sharpen pencils. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I think that's what they based the whole. Must have been what they based the whole episode on. I couldn't help but think when I saw the mechanical pencil in the description and then saw that Brad they had titled the episode "A Hot Mess of a Pencil." Yeah, well, that's pretty much the definition of a mechanical pencil. So that's (laughs) that's awesome. I have to admit, I do like a rote ring. Like they're just really well, well engineered pencils and pens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not um, totally against them, but I'm pretty against them. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, too sterile for me. I I definitely know when we um, if I ever get to go to the UK, I want to go to this uh, stationer shop that he goes to, uh, that he talks about in the introduction. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because they're just like just still stuff from the '70s sitting on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fowlers, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of those like little things that he mentioned like early on in the book that I really like like enjoyed looking up and checking into like these little desk caddies and things that he talked about. Yeah. And have you did you guys go to the officemuseum.com? Early um, office museum? I've been there before, but I haven't been there since reading this. I, I, I okay. definitely need to check I it out. I used to stalk that website. Yeah. Yeah, it's a look at it late pretty, at night. It's a pretty okay. awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome website. I mean it's awesome in the content not in the design it's like <laughs> hideous but uh you you bring up the site and first of all everything's like off center it's like the title of the site is like on the left side of the screen <laughs> and there's a huge picture of an eagle like that seems to be standing on top of an american flag which i don't know what that's about <laughs> Hills, yeah. and and there's a lot of like moving gifts of stamps and uh <laughs> like an old-fashioned hole puncher and so, but it's a, still it's, it is an awesome website. They're to, like, to be honest though, would you trust a fancy, responsive dis- website with like really nice like typekit fonts to like tell you about old office supplies? Right. Yeah, I would not. I I definitely like would. I I definitely want to see somebody who has like a marginal knowledge of HTML to tell me about <laughs> staplers. That's true. <laughs> yeah, somebody's like I I get this just enough so that I can make a website like right. just barely enough. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's still like paying some guy that works out of his own basement that's been doing it since like 1985 to <laughs> build his website. Yeah. He mails him the content for it like 
in the mail and then he types it up himself. Hey, so, some of the highest traffic pencil sites are still like that. Like, um, mm-hmm. I don't uh, doubt it. Yeah. Um, what's the pencil pages is, is still pretty, I mean, that's been pretty much the same for years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's an awesome site. I, I really enjoyed finding out about that kind of stuff yeah. early on in the book. Just new little wormholes to follow on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. I hope we can, hope we can find a time to have him on the show. Yeah. That'd be great. I know that TJ is going to try to interview him. Oh, nice. that would be awesome. TJ Cosgrove, our uh, friend across the pond. Uh, he's he's our Mike Hurley, I guess we could say. Um, he, he's a uh, he lives in. Does he live in London? I thought he. I don't know. Liverpool. I think he lives in Liverpool. Yeah, um, no TJ Cosgrove. He runs the Wood and Graphite um, video series and blog, and is a very active member of our group. Um, yes. Very generous member of our group. Yeah. So um, I guess I'd be interested, um, just as a, a takeaway for next week, um, if anybody has any points of discussion they'd like us to uh, to talk about or um, uh, or just make sure we're covering in our discussion next, next week. Um, if you are a member of the Erasable group, um, go ahead and post it somewhere there. I'll make sure there's a thread for it. Um, and if you're not, feel free either to tweet us at Erasable Podcast um, or just go to our website and leave a comment on this post. Um, that would probably be the easiest way to get your discussion questions in. I wish that we could make it more like a like a book club and get more people in in on this discussion, like live. Mm-hmm. But that would be awesome. yeah, but I guess that would be super chaotic if there were like thirty <laughs> thirty people on a podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, we'll we'll kind of have a discussion in the Facebook group and then make sure to have like a live time one here. Yeah, that sounds great. We'll just get some. It would be great if people could give us some input, and then we can put together a a nice organized way to talk through the book once we've once we've finished the whole thing. I think, and those of you reading along, I think you'll have from what I've read so far, you'll have a lot of good. I'm sure people will come up with a lot of good ideas that I wouldn't be able to come up with on my own as far as things yeah. to talk about, questions to to bring up because it's a it's an enjoyable book. It's it's fun to read. It reads a lot more quickly than oh, yeah. I, I was expecting it to. Me too, yeah. And I I sent a text to Johnny and Andy because at, at one point I was kind of thinking, I don't know if I can do this because <laughs> 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 my, my interest in the stationary world has always been writing tools like pencils, pens, paper. It's always been that. And so when I hit the, the first chapter that wasn't related to that, uh, I got a little like feeling like, do I really want to put myself through this? Like reading about I forget what it was at the time, like which one I was reading. It might have been when I was like getting to the whiteout or something like that. And I was like, Ugh. but then I was totally I was just wrong. I mentioned the whiteout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally wrong. Cause then like the, just hearing the development of these things, how they develop so naturally, like out of a need, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just, and they usually are these kind of wily people. You know, there's this kind of like wild west feel to it where people <laughs> yeah. are like, they're, they're putting something together and they're putting all this money on the line. They're, Putting, throwing everything into the invention of this certain kind of paper clip or yeah. making a thumbtack that they can sell to people. Like it's just yeah. pretty, pretty fascinating. So yeah, on that there's a there's a book called um, I think it's just called Ballpoint. It's about the invention of the ballpoint pen. Oh wow! But um, it's a full book about the invention of the ballpoint pen. It's kind of whoo, but it's really interesting if you like ballpoint pens. I just read it recently. It's an act of sacrilege. Is it a <laughs> Like comparing it to Petrosky because I haven't read Petrosky, but no, it sort that... of reads like a crime caper. They put Petrosky on the jacket, hmm. but oh, really? A lot, a lot of the parts of this book reminded me of a condensed version of that book. Hmm. Oh, it was interesting. Yeah. I, 
I think it's in print. I bought a used copy on Amazon for like five bucks. Yeah, I'm on Amazon right now, and it's it's in print. There's a Kindle. Sweet. The Kindle one's like nine bucks. <laughs> it's it's a fun book. If you like, if you guys like this book, you might enjoy that. That's cool. Yeah, I, I kind of felt that way. I, I I thought I was gonna just kind of be just snooze when when we got to the business card chapter. Um, but in this, oh, yeah, book, I'm not there. That was one I'm really worried about. But it's I'm, no, it's not, not anymore. It's great. not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I was at first. I was like, oh, like no, I do. I have to read about business cards. Like, <laughs> there's a there's a big part, and I won't spoil anything. But um, just sort of how it evolved from sort of like calling cards, like when you presented yourself at somebody's home and you would bring a bring a card with your name and contact info on it. Uh-huh. Um, I, I took a couple different like Victorian lit classes in college and there were always like somebody presenting a lady, his call, his card. And I, I thought of like a, like a business card, but really they look much different. And there's all these really interesting things you do to it in order to indicate if it's for the man of the house or the lady of the house or the whole family, or if it's a business call or a personal call, or if you plan on calling again, like if you miss them, or if you plan, you want them to respond to you, or if you don't want them to respond to you, like there's all these different little subtleties of how you dealt with that. That's just fascinating. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Now. Yeah. Now I'm excited. <laughs> and, and they talk about one of my favorite videos, um, which is the, your business card is crap video. Um, you definitely have to go i'll I'll put a link in show notes to this to this guy um it's it's a really great video it's slightly reminiscent of american psycho when he's talking about like his business card but a little bit a little better (laughs) awesome so should we go into fresh points yeah that sounds good i look forward to talking about it in a couple weeks can't wait to hear what the group has to say about it too yeah we've been getting a few little snippets every now and then of people weighing in with some impressions but we should, yeah, just definitely kind of start ramping that up. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Tim, how about you? I don't have much for Fresh Points. Uh, kind of related to the, the book club uh, thing that's going on right now. I've, I've never read The Pencil by Petrosky. I, it's one of those things that I've put in my Amazon cart like 100 times, and then I've never pulled the trigger. And I had put it finally, like one last time, I put it in my uh, put it in the cart, and then I forgot about it. And I didn't realize, but my wife had bought something else and she just went ahead and got it for me and it showed up today. So I'm really, (laughs) I'm really excited about that. So she, she had bought me that as a gift. So I'm, I'm going to be reading that over the summer, I think at some point. And we could consider doing like a book club for that sometime down the road to get people who have like not read it. I mean, I know at the, from what I've heard, the tone of it is quite different. Um, it's pretty, uh, as Johnny says, ponderous, ponderous. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because he's definitely an academic and kind of approaches it from that angle. And it's, mm-hmm. it's such an interesting, yeah. Uh, I, I read it a while ago. I think when I mm-hmm. first started blogging about pencils, um, mm-hmm. I figured I should read this, but I definitely need to go back to it and look at it. Oh, you know, yeah. I've read it three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Cause I was, I was even thinking about putting together as far as the book club goes, if we could assemble like a, abridged version basically like a selection that we could talk about on the episode instead of like the entire mm. thing if we gets people to read that but i mean i'm, I'm gonna read the whole thing and i'm excited too so i look i was excited for that to show up today and now i want to read this ballpoint book so heck yeah yeah did you guys uh, notice in the in the summer um a new york npr station had henry petrosky and david reese on at the same time <laughs> i put it in the show notes and they, apparently they'd never met or, or spoken together before I feel like so, I might have heard that, but that's awesome. It was I want to listen really, to that, yeah. really cool. You can still listen to it. 
off of their website. <laughs> like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. I sort of forgot Henry Potosky's still alive. Yeah, I think he's, he's retired recently. Yeah, he, he's not—he's not that old. Yeah. <laughs> two, two minor minor celebrities in a minor <laughs> minor niche of the world. Yeah. The like that's awesome. Yeah, he's super nice. We or I should have said major him. celebrities in a minor niche of the world. That's yeah. what I meant. So. <laughs> when um we did an interview, uh, like oh my god, twenty oh six, he referred to me as Professor Gambridge, which I really appreciate it. <laughs> I was not a Dr. Gambridge yet at that point. I'm like, no, I'm just a grad student. But thank you so much. You made my night. <laughs> you. you interviewed Henry Podosky? <laughs> yeah, we just did like an email thing on That's uh, awesome. Pencil Revolution. That's super cool. He's super cool. nice. Post, yeah. post a link to that. I would like to oh, okay. see that again. Um, yeah, so that was one point. But the only other point I have that I was going to mention is that last week I was talking about my collection of the Steinbeck pencils hmm. uh, that I got in that three my triumvirate of Steinbeck pencils together. And there were a couple things I had to mention about that. One is that in looking on the internet, I think that somewhere over the last three years in my head, when I thought about the Steinbeck trio, the IBM electrographic replaced the actual pencil that is part of those three, which is the Blaisdell calculator 600. Uh-huh. I can see how you can make that. Yeah, because I, I think, uh, and it was, I think it was related to finding out about the Blaisdell and then finding out, I think it was actually through Blackwing pages. Mm. And then through the Blackwing pages, there, the Blaisdell 600 was listed similar to the Blackwing, and then also listed there was the IBM. I think that's how I did it or something like that. But so I'm still just saying I have all three, all three for now because I cannot find the Blaisdell 600 mm. anywhere. I've looked everywhere online. I asked Caroline. She doesn't. She's never seen one. They're mm-hmm. pretty old. I think they they haven't been around since like the 30s. So, so if anybody knows where I could find one, I would really appreciate that to make my uh, triumvirate actually complete. Yeah. I'm going to pretend like it's complete until then. Wait, I was, what did it look like? Uh, I'll post a link from Brandon Pencils. Okay, but, um, I have a lot of old pencils, but the ones I have, I am unaware of. They're just kind of in a box. Yeah, never know. Yeah, I'll, yeah here's a. Uh, yeah, I'll post a link in the, in the show notes. Sean had something on contrapuntalism about it, too, um, back in 2012. And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think it helps in that it, it looks like the electrographic, too, a little bit. It's, it looks like it's black, and it has the same kind of lettering on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he, he mentions, yeah, Sean, Sean only ever, has only ever seen one of them. Um, Oh well, then my chances are slim. Yeah. <laughs> that, that dude, that dude digs and digs and finds these things. But yeah, if, if anybody, if anybody has a has the scoop on it, oh yeah, and I'll buy it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I'll pay for it, and I'm, I'll pay whatever it takes. Oh, you'll, pay. you'll pay. You'll pay, Watson. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will pay a fair price for World it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, so my collection is sort of complete. So, but the other thing I was going to say is that on the episode I mentioned the making of a shrine, and I mentioned Mr. Dudek, Mike Dudek, when I was saying that. And the next day I got a text message from him, and he says we need to work on this shrine. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so, so I got him. I've worked with him, and we've designed, and he is building me a, a shrine for my <laughs> my Steinbeck pencils that I I drew up just like on a, like in my field notes, and it's basically. Um, he used to have a, a stand. It was like an iPhone stand. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It was basically like his block or whatever, and it had holes for 
pens or pencils on the top, and then there's a little ramp on the front of it for your iPhone to like lean against. Yeah. Like so, you could set it on your desk. Uh, so it's like a shrunken version of that because on the front I have a John Steinbeck baseball card that oh, I'm gonna. That's so cool. It's like a like a vintage reprint look like look old looking baseball card, but it has like that sort of classic picture of him on it. Sort of dorky, but I'm <laughs> really excited about it that it exists, and I got it on Amazon for two dollars. So I was like, "Hey, <laughs> awesome!" So it's going to lean that on the front, and then have the three pencils coming up out of the back. So no, no, all you have to do is send it off and get it autographed by Steinbeck. Yeah, I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if anybody can help me find a Blaisdell 600, I would be forever grateful that's cool. uh, of that. But that's all I've got. Cool, Johnny. Let's see. I have only a few things. One is a sticker update. I've got them all, except maybe one or two new orders packed. So as soon as I can get to the post office and um, get some of the heavier ones weighed, they'll be on the way. So sorry they're so late. Baltimore is crumbling right now. So <laughs> I don't know if I can get to the post office. No, I'm just kidding. Um, also... Sorry, I have a piece of ice in my mouth. <laughs> don't worry, we're not um, recording or anything. Yeah, I've, it's it's been a month, so I've been posting a lot on Pencil Revolution. But Caroline Weaver of the pencil store you guys might have heard of, she <laughs> she and I did an interview on paper, and it just came today. So I'll be typing that up and getting that up on the website soon. What do you mean by on paper? Like you did the interview on paper, or is yeah, it, I wrote, it's about paper. I wrote down the questions and mailed them to her, and then she wrote down her responses and mailed them back. That's awesome. Yeah, are you just <laughs> there going some to, pencils exchanged too? Are you going to just scan them in and? And um, do them like that. I thought of that. Maybe I'll do both, and then I want it to be searchable. Yeah, I don't know well, why I want it to be searchable, but that would be cool. <laughs> well, you can if if you wanted to take the extra time, um, which you probably wouldn't. Um, if you edit the metadata, like the um, you know, you double click in WordPress and you can edit like the description of an image, you can transcribe it into there and thereby make it searchable. What? Um, or you awesome. could just put it like b- b- beneath it. Um, somebody I like your like your idea. Cheryl Lowry from Strike Through, who is actually now one of my coworkers. She's super awesome. Um, she used to do that with type. She used to make blog posts that were like that typecast. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I didn't know you could do that at all. Yeah, I I, I don't know if you have to do any modifications of your um, website if you want it to be searchable from like in in Pencil Revolution, but it's definitely Google searchable. Sweet, that's yeah. awesome. That's super cool. Yay! <laughs> awesome. That's really it. That's really all I've got for this week. Yeah, I'll have more next week. I'll That's come cool. back loaded. It's been a pretty light week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I haven't been sleeping. <laughs> Can you tell? No. Well, you got crazy stuff happening around you right now. Oh, I did finally see. I don't know if you guys saw the imitation game, but no, not yet. It's like it was like two hours of pencil porn. It was great. <laughs> Lots of pencils. <laughs> I I have noticed. Um, do, do either of you watch Mad Men? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm way behind, but I love it. I'm, I think I'm actually. I was late to the games. So I think I'm in season three somewhere. Mm. Well, the um, you know, people have posted about this before, but they are continuing to use. I think we're in what 1970 now. Um, mm-hmm. And Stan Rizzo, the um, oh, he's like the art director um, who works with with Peggy. Um, he continues to use a black wing. And he continues to use not a remake or uh, like a Palomino Blackwing, but he cont- he's using an actual like old Eberhard Faber Blackwing. <laughs> so I'm willing to bet that 
the amount of the budget that Mad Men spends on just stationary is incredible because things. Or they just have one. Or they just have one that everybody uses. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, I'm starting to watch a show called uh, Halt and Catch Fire, um, which I'm a season behind, but it's about sort of the, it's a fictionalized account of like early days of computers from like the personal computers from like the early 80s. And Hmm. there's some interesting uh, pencil appearances in there. I've definitely seen a lot of old Ticonderogas and um, I'm told there's some Blackwing appearances too. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. cool. It's interesting. It's a lot like Mad Men in that it's a fictional company, um, but they deal a lot with real life companies. Like IBM is like a, a player in this world. Um, they're in they're in a, like a tiny computer manufacturer in uh, Texas, but like they talk about IBM, they talk about Apple. So it's it's like Mad Men in that they they do that a lot. Which it's always interesting to me how they do that because it feels like it wouldn't. It would be hard for them to get permission to talk about IBM that way, for example, because they don't put them in the best light. So hmm. maybe they don't get permission. I don't actually know. Um, but it was just a fake fresh point. I guess the only one I really had was that I am going to New York next week and uh, I'm going to be able to go to CW pencils and check it out. Um, hoping Johnny can join me at some point. Hoping, Tim can, join me. hoping Tim can join me, but uh, that's not, but doesn't look yeah. likely. Not likely. Just I wish tell, I could too. Just tell your students, hey, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. And your family. Take them with you. <laughs> your trip. students and your family. Yeah. <laughs> Field trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've been looking through and I just can't decide what I should get. And if anybody has any suggestions, purchases they've made it from CW Pencils that was kind of an unusual purchase that um, they've been really unhappy with, let me know. Because I'm sure once I get there, I'll just want to buy one of everything. But <laughs> yeah. I need to. I need to dial it back a little bit. Oh, and take quarters for the pencil machine. Oh, yeah. And don't be like me and forget to use them. <laughs> I had a roll of quarters in my pocket, which sounds like a dirty joke, but I forgot <laughs> to buy any pencils out of the machine. I'm just kind of staring at it for a long time. Like, that's cool. That's so, cool. So what does the pencil machine do? Is is that the personal the one that personalizes them? No, you put quarters in and you get vintage advertising pencils. Like a dispenser. Oh, cool. Like, oh. Yeah, I'm like, man, how did I forget to do that? That's so awesome. I need to. I need definitely need to get some personalized too on there. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it for me. We should um, we should launch into our main topic. Get Brian on the on the line. Ring a ding ding. All right, and we are really excited uh, for our main topic today because we are talking to someone that um, I think we all kind of feel is the unsung hero of Field Notes. Um, it's Brian Bedell uh, from uh, Field Notes and Kudal Partners. Uh, Brian, did I, did I say your name, your last name right, Bedell? Yep, yep, that's right. Awesome. Um, Brian is, um, oh, it's it's a small place, so everybody kind of does a little bit of everything, but Brian's a designer mm-hmm. at Kudal, and he's he's part of the like operations and production process of Field Notes. Uh, is that is that probably accurate to say, Brian? Yeah, that's right on. Yeah. Um, you know, we we love hearing Aaron Draplin talk, and uh, we love hearing Jim Kudal talk. Um, and when this opportunity presented itself, um, we were like, you know, I, I don't think I've ever, um, you know, Johnny pointed this out, we don't think we've ever really heard, you know, Brian kind of, you know, talk outside of like a Field Notes video. So, uh, well, I've got ideas. I've got plans. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take over the world. <laughs> we wanted to get him raw and uncensored here. So, uh, <laughs> 
Where else can you go to get someone to talk smack about Jim and Aaron? Hey, heck yeah. <laughs> you know what I've heard about those guys. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. <laughs> I heard that's a fake beard. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just um, talked on my other podcast, Dot Grid, with Aaron not too long ago, uh, right before mm-hmm. the Two Rivers edition came out. And he's such an amazing guy. Like, I... I love listening to him talk. He's he's so charismatic too, which is pretty oh, great. Yeah. But um Yeah, it's funny I don't you know, I see him, you know, a few times a year and email with him, but it's <laughs> you know, it's like I really don't even see him as much as I'd like to. But yeah. uh yeah, he's great to work with. It's uh he's a real good guy and, and yeah, it's funny he's kinda always on like kind of first I kinda felt like it was a shtick, but I think that's actually <laughs> it's actually him. <laughs> he's he's always yeah in character as himself, I guess. That's amazing. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah, he's he's great to work with, always like good ideas, really energetic and uh gung ho on everything. He's working working all day, every day. Yeah. That's awesome. Um so who wants to kind of get us started? Um I know we're going to talk a little bit about um, pencils, but I was wondering if anybody here um, had any kind of field notes, the paper product uh, questions for him first. Um, I guess I'd be interested to know, Brian, what your what your favorite edition of field notes is. Mm, it's hard to say. They're like your kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Who's um, your favorite child? Yeah, my favorite. Well, I know that's easier. <laughs> um, the, the I. I love Two Rivers. It's always the the most recent ones, always towards the top of the list, and then maybe over time you really. But at Two Rivers is really, I think, it says so much about what we're about and what we love, and just working with Hamilton, getting to go up there a few times over the last several months, and and actually get hands on with those a little bit, um, you know, and being able to help them out too. That was just an amazing experience. Uh, yeah. And you know, and, and on top of that, I think they just came out. You know, they, like that was sort of. We had talked about it for a long time and then talked to them for a while and there were some other very, you know, just playing around with the logistics of it all. And But all along I sort of had in my head anyway the idea of what I thought they would turn out like and they came out really close to that. I think we kind of nailed what we meant to go, you know, meant to do going into that. So um really happy with those. Um, do you come from then, like a letterpress background or do you have... Not really, no. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm a designer. I did, uh, I did a little bit of printmaking in general, like in, in college I took a few different printmaking classes just because I was interested in it. So I did take one letterpress class in college, which was a long time ago. Um, I went to Ohio university in Athens. So I took one letterpress class there, which involved, um, like the second day, I think I pulled out a drawer of 18 point Garamond mm-hmm. and, uh, pulled the drawer out too far. And like all the type just splattered all <laughs> over the floor and chipped. And I spent like the next four classes just sorting through it, trying to figure out, you know, if it was a comma or an apostrophe or a P or a Q. <laughs> So, uh, so that was sort of my introduction to, to met, that was metal type, but, uh, and he can't you know, use Garamond ever since. No, you know what? It's funny. Cause I love, I loved Garamond even then. And, and that was around when this is how old I am. That's around when Adobe Garamond came out. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, it like the, I just, I've been a nut for that typeface. That's probably one of my favorites. Um, so no, that didn't hurt that at all. It actually made me that much more familiar with it, I guess. Yeah. So I did that, and I did a little bit of um, like stone lithography and some some screen printing and probably a couple other things. But uh, so you know, I was interested in that printing, and I think what we've talked about a lot here lately, like Matt here and I have been talking about, sort of what makes field notes or just design in general sort of more authentic. And I think I kind of got that little. I got into design sort of when history design history was really 
kind of a big education point for it. You know, I think a lot of programs are getting into it. And I think that helped a lot because I really studied a lot about print, you know, the processes of how things were made, you know, not just, you know, I think a lot of designers now get into things and just sort of, you know, everything's on the computer from beginning to end and they never really understand how things used to be made. So if they're looking for an older look, they're not really understanding that, you know, like this combination of things just couldn't be done back then, you know? So I think having that sort of, you know, I kind of got into my first few jobs. I was seeing actual, you know, paste up and, and pre-press and, you know, FPO and, yeah. you know, Rubolith and everything that's just gone now and press type. And, well, Two um, Rivers is such a good example of that, that process. Yeah, yeah. So I think, like yeah. It, we, four different applications of things to put it together. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was on three different printing presses yeah. over the course of it. Um, yeah, and just all the machinery and people that were involved in it was, was neat. So that's, yeah, that's one of my favorites. And then I think um, Pitch Black was another one I really like. I'm sorry, uh, um, uh, Night Sky. Night Sky. Yeah. That was one of my favorite films to work on because we just got to go out and sit in the desert all night for two nights in a row. And that was just an amazing experience. That was great. Uh, But just, yeah, the way that came out and it looked, you know, the way the books came out, I think that was one of my favorites. Um, National Crop was pretty great. I like the box set. The wood ones were just, you know, just all of them. And, you know, it's just each one has kind of its own thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just neat to work on it because it's when you're a designer, I think, you know, most people, you're either, you know, like when, you know, Kudal Partners was an ad agency before we did field notes. And, you know, I'd work on an ad campaign and it would be a lot of days you'd just be sitting there resizing an ad for 200 different <laughs> publications or something. And that gets old. Is that why the deck then, came out? Just because you can just have one standard size yeah, and yeah. that's it? Yeah, that's pretty nice. <laughs> the uh, and then the uh, the other end of that is you're sort of if you're if you're doing you know freelance or doing sort of just agency work, you're working on different projects that don't really necessarily connect, and you're kind of going in different directions every time. So I think field notes is nice because we have that you know Aaron's sort of general template for what they are, you know, and what they're used for. It kind of locks us down into a lot of the decisions being made ahead of time. And then, you know, when we get into the design of each edition, you know, or specific changes and things, we can focus more on, on those processes and materials rather than, you know, the actual design and layout, which I think is kind of what, you know, gives us the luxury of looking, you know, investigating those directions more than maybe other people would ever think to do because they're worried more about other details. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Well, um, cool. This is a super big question, but um, can you walk us through sort of, I don't know if this is the right use of the word workflow, from, um, you know, a field note seasonal edition from when you brainstorm it until, mm-hmm. you know, we're all waiting by the mailbox sweating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, not that uh, I do that. Sure, yeah, yeah, I know. That's a, um, uh, I would say, I mean, they're all a little different as far as how early, or, you know, how long before we get going on it between the original idea and when it actually happens. There's a few... You know, where like uh, actually, I mean, the, uh, Two Rivers is a good example of one. You know, we'd been talking about it for probably a couple of years before we got around to actually doing it. And that one was months of, you know, we really had to plan ahead on that one. Um, and then there's other ones like uh, Traveling Salesman was one where Expedition was supposed to be, that was fall, what, two years ago? Yeah. And uh, um, Expedition was supposed to come out and we uh, just, you know, ran into some problems with that, both with the sort of concept and the printing and everything. And we had to delay that one. So traveling salesman kind of was like, you know, we have 
an hour to come up with a new idea. And find, <laughs> yeah. You can you know, up with that in an, an hour. Traveling salesman is a lot of people's favorite too. It's yeah, a, that's a really cool one. So, yeah, so it, so they really do vary a lot as far as conception and how much you know back sort of research and 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 brainstorming we put into it, as opposed to just sometimes it's like we like this color paper and you know let's try that with this ink and. Uh, you know, and just looking at them, you'd never know. Some of the really complicated looking ones came together really quickly, and some of the simpler ones took a long time to come to. But um, yeah, I'd say generally, you know, there's some some sort of just come together in a weird way where we all sort of just talk about it and it happens. Other ones, you know, are maybe Jim's idea or Aaron's idea. Um, some of them come out of, you know, we have a material like the, the shelter wood was just a matter of, you know, we saw that material and had to do something with it. So, you know, it's so, funny, right after that came out, I was, um, in Louisville and, uh, at a, um, at a bar and the menu had that same sort of like, um, shaved wood on the cover. And mm-hmm. I, uh, it was so cool to see just like, I mean, it was cool to see in the, in the context of the field notes, but it was neat to see it, you know, in a, in a different context. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just so so lovely. I love that look at a lot. Yeah, there had been, you know, there there was wood, you know, substance similar to that. You know, people were using it for things like um, like loyalty cards or like, you know, uh, gift cards or, you know, greeting cards and things like that. But it just wasn't, you know, we had tried messing around with that a few times and it was just nothing that was going to be solid enough, you know. So when we saw it with, the, you know, like like laminated to the backing like that, we knew that would probably work better. So yeah, uh, that was one, you know, we had to kind of plan ahead and test it. You know, I carried one around in my pocket for a few months before we actually got around to doing it just to make sure it would hold together. Oh man, it's like it's like when Steve Jobs is carrying an iPhone for so long. Yeah, there's there's been a few times where yeah, I've had some some kind of pretty top secret stuff in my pockets. But uh <laughs> If you just leave um, it, yeah, leave you know, anytime, anytime I see a material I think might be good or a new paper or something, I'll cut a rectangle of it and put it in my pocket and carry it around. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you guys pick when you do a um, you know, a different print? Not not necessarily the different paper, but when some sort. Sometimes you do the reticle or the dot. Um, does that is that like you know what we want to do a reticle and this is we're on the fall edition or did you sort of match that up with the neon? Yeah, some of that like is that. just yeah. It's a combination of what you know, what goes with the look of everything else. I think, and then just what you know, like sometimes it's just sort of a decision made on. We haven't done this for a while. Will that work with this? Um, um, you know, like as far as you know, people sort of expect the graph most of the time, so we generally go with that unless we kind of have a reason to do something different. But then mm-hmm. we don't have. Well, I guess we have the we have the cherry or we have the. Uh, Expedition has the dot graph in it, but you know we've been doing kind of a lot of dot graphs because people seem to like those. Um, you know, but it's just you know it's kind of you know whatever we do isn't maybe going to be the best thing for everyone, but we just try to mix it up so that especially you know if, if you're a subscriber, you get you know at least a few of something you really like and um, awesome. you know it, something I think it's something like like America the Beautiful just ruled made sense for that because it just seemed more kind of you know from that period and you, you know old fashioned is sort of a log. Traveling salesman. That was the first, uh, the first ledger we did, and that was just sort of part of the whole concept. And so that made sense to tie that in with ambition again, because it was sort of about getting things done and checking checking boxes off as you were mm-hmm. completing yeah. tasks. I just love that. I I, I really like the ambition. Um, yeah, it's, the paper's awesome. Yeah, I I love the the graph paper with the like title line. Um, yeah, that's exactly. How yeah, that was just sort of. Yeah, that's just one of those last minute sort of. Well, we have this t- the double stripe on the other two. We might as well do it here too. So yeah, yeah, that one was fun to that's work awesome. on too. I mean, that's that one I like a lot because it's just it's really, 
fairly simple as far as what's there, but it's um you know it you know it's it's real tied to our concept and our look you know and and barely and basically simple, but there's just still a lot going on. Like working with that gilding was fun. That was a neat process that I'd never worked with before, and it was cool to go down to Indianapolis and check that all out. Yeah. So there, we wanted to ask, and you can maybe you can't answer this or you don't want to answer this, but were there are there any additions that you guys have sort of dreamed up that just ultimately were sort of too outrageous to make or like was just not realistic for the project you were doing that you, you really wanted to do that you could tell us about? Um, there's, well, there's a couple that are things we've been talking about going back to probably around when we did County Fair. There's a couple of ideas we've had on that that just as far as production or no problem at all, but just as far, as far as like sort of the concept, we've never been able to dial it down to like a three pack or a six pack of how it would exactly work. Um, so I don't want to talk about those because I always feel like like sooner Someday. or later. Yeah, out. still in the hopper kind of thing. Um, and then aside from that, kind of, it's if there's something we thought of that we liked that we didn't do, it was probably just because it didn't feel right as far mm. as sort of the aesthetic. You know, it was either too modern mm. or too, you know, or just something that we thought, you know, like, you know, they've got to appeal to, it, you know, now that we're doing pretty large runs of these, you know, for the custom or for the uh, colors editions, you know, we, we got to sell them, you know, and maybe not all right, yeah. but, you know, it's something we want to, you know, the, the colors edition sort of fund, you know, that, you know, they're kind of working one to the next one on those where we're sort of like, you know, we make the money to go bigger on the next one every time we do one of those a little bit. So, gotcha. so those are sort of our research, you know, that's sort of, each one of those is kind of like its own little Kickstarter, you know, we sell that out and then we've got all that to invest into new projects. So we never want to do anything where we're going to be sitting on, you know, a ton of inventory for a long time unless, you know, you know, we, you know, we do something like, uh, you know, after we tried Shelterwood, we thought, oh, well, we can do, uh, we can do the um, cherry graph because, you know, those sold well and we'll sell them over time. And then, we, you know, we can invest that money into that. But with something sort of untested, we never like getting too risky with it or too, you know, anything that wouldn't be appealing to pretty much anyone, you know, who would want to use them. Sure. So. So yeah, you know, I'd say anything else that we thought of. I'm trying to think of an example, and I can't really. But anything else that we thought of, you know, that was maybe just too specific to a certain market or a certain type of person that wouldn't have the general appeal. Mm-hmm. How how long have you been on the team at Field Notes? Have you been there since the beginning, or when did, yeah, when did you yeah. join on? Um, well, I started at Kudal Partners in 1999, no, 1998, because it was oh, yeah, right after wow. I got married. So, yeah, so I've been here 16 and a half, almost 17 years, I guess. Hmm. Wow. And uh, companies a little older than that, they probably are 20, 22 years old. And they, um, you know, Jim started that sort of as a spinoff. He was working for a bigger ad agency and and took away a few like radio and sports clients and started all partners. So we were the Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks agency for a really long time. Oh, cool. And that's mm-hmm. mostly what I worked on, you know, from 98 until 2000, what, six or seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was around this. And then, you know, we had some other clients too. We had uh, some, um, you know, uh, local cable and radio stations. Um, we did some work for the Houston Astros. We redesigned their uniforms several years ago. Awesome. Um, and did a lot of stuff with their new stadium when they built it was what it was Enron Field back then, but now it's Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, they switched really for, for yeah that happened real reasons. fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you know, so I worked on a lot of that different kind of stuff and a lot of restaurant stuff too. There's there's a local chain of restaurants here we did a lot of work for, and then that spun into Corner Bakery 
which went national and we did a lot of stuff yeah. for them for a while. Um, so yeah, we were doing mostly, you know, mostly restaurants and radio TV sports kind of stuff. Uh, and around there was sort of that, that internet boom and then bust like in 90, what was that? Probably 99, 2000. Dot com bust. Yeah. The dot com yeah. bust. And we lost a few clients then and we sort of said, you know, let's figure out web a little better cause we're not really on top of that. And so we sort of started our blog then and kind of made a lot of friends that way and realized we were spending a lot more time on that than we were doing a lot of our client work. And we kind of had a blog going before, you know, even like movable type was out. Yeah. You know, we were going into HTML every day and just adding a few new things. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, we just kind of made a lot of connections that way. And then after 9-11, we kind of lost a few more clients just because people were, you know, being careful with their money and doing a lot more stuff in-house. And we kind of started focusing on trying to start these other businesses and, uh, I remember um, jewel boxing. Yeah, jewel boxing. Yeah, Jim's kind of talked about that a lot, so I won't go into too much detail. But there, I mean, as far as like all these other kind of things we tried, but but one of those was the swap meet, which was sort of a weird thing where people would just send us things because you know they'd hope we'd post about them, and we started sending them back to other people when we got something from another person, hmm. and we sort of codified that. And I think Aaron Aaron had probably played Lair tennis, which was Photoshop tennis back then, a couple of times or once. Um, and sent us some field notes just kind of as a gift, you know, and we said, you know, he had, he was just kind of printing himself in his studio on a Gakko printer then. Wow. And we liked those. And it's funny, like I've kind of been looking lately at the sort of official history. And I think some of the times and dates that Jim and Aaron have, uh, you know, they've, we've sort of accepted these sort of facts as, as the, as the timeline for the company. But I think it goes back that like Aaron started earlier than we were thinking and we got them from him earlier than we were thinking. Um, but I think it was probably 2000, spring of 2007 was when we uh, sort of officially got things agreed. I think we were selling them as part of the swap meet. And then we, um, and that was probably the end of one of Aaron's first print runs that he actually did at a printer in Portland. Hmm. And then after that, we started printing them in Chicago and got the site set up and everything. So I think it was by the end of 2007, we were going pretty strong in Chicago. That's awesome. I remember how just really responsive and i mean not saying he isn't now but i uh, had a whole conversation i think on twitter with jim about field notes back when they kind of first first came out mm-hmm. um, i accidentally ran a um, ran one of my notebooks through the washer oh yeah and uh it did it fell apart like as as it would but <laughs> the, the uh the ink was still like you could still read it and you could still see things from it and and I posted about that on my my blog, and uh, Jim came yeah, across it and sent me a sent me a new pack, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we try to do that. I mean, it, it's sort of, you know, that's obviously sort of important to us just to keep, you know, I think, you know, just the goodwill, like you know, something like that's so cheap to do for, you know, for yeah. a company. It's just it always boggles my mind when anyone wouldn't do that, you know, like, it, you know, just to make things right or just do someone a favor here and there, you know, it doesn't really cost you anything. So we try to try to do stuff like that. Watching social media and staying on top of just Heck yeah. people, people talking smack about us behind our backs. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we also, we wanted to ask you about the standard editions. I you know you started mm-hmm. with the craft and then it's kind right. of moved into some other really cool standards. Uh, my favorite of which, as I always talk about, is the county fair. I'm so happy that's a standard because that's my favorite edition uh, <clears throat> by far. And we were wondering if you could talk, it's kind of a two-part question, but if you could talk about other standard editions that you might hope to do someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, 
is it a possibility? So all three of us are huge fans of the heavier paper that was in America the Beautiful and Shelterwood, mm-hmm. of that being a standard edition, or is the standard edition always going to be probably the, the standard paper besides Expedition? Right. Um, I would say the, I mean, uh, uh, the County Fair came out of just the kind of necessity of printing lots and lots of them because mm-hmm. that was basically 150 different books. You know, so it was, you know, just to do it practically, you know, it was three colors of each of 50 states. So to do it practically, we just had to do a very large run. And then we had to kind of guess which states would sell better. And we kind of always, you know, all along the way knew that that would have to turn into a, into a regular thing because once we'd run out of some states, we'd have to print more. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, keeping that going just made sense. And it was super popular. And I think if uh, I'm pretty sure those have ended up, if you, if you count, if you count graph, ruled, plain, and, and mixed as separate editions and count county fair as one edition i think we that's been our top seller of all time you know, we've sold more of the county fairs than even you know than even the, the graph uh craft books now that covers um, wears in so nicely I, I love it yeah yeah i like that that's the only one i think we've done with that uh uh what do you call it? linen paper and mm-hmm. uh yeah i like that paper a lot it's really dark but uh too. yeah so those you know and, it, and it's just sort of as far as the infrastructure here of how we have things set up to have you know, we have to have like, you know, a box of those open, you know, just the way we have to sort through everything. Like that's kind of our big, you know, like it's easy with the new edition. You just have, you know, in our packing station where we have the one box of that and one tray of each book. And then the, those throw a wrench and everything because you have to have like 50 editions on hand. <laughs> so I don't know if we do something else like that. But as far as, um, yeah, I mean, we don't, you know, some of those were planned like that, like with um, Expedition. That was, again, you know, sort of just a big commitment print wise and, you know, we were working with UPO to get those together. So it just made sense to do a very large run of them with the intention of reprinting them when, when they were gone because it was so different and something that, you know, we knew would be useful to certain people. You know, it's got a definite market for the adventurers and outdoors kind of people. Mm-hmm. So not us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're still welcome well, to use them. We'll still the sell them to nice you. nice for pencils. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I definitely like the expedition. Yeah, I actually like that paper for pencils a lot. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you know, Shelterwood was just sort of, uh, I mean, uh, you know, that turned into Cherry Graph, which was, again, you know, we, you know, we knew Shelterwood was going to sell well, and it was just, you know, a matter of, of making sort of a more general edition of that that everyone would like. Uh, so, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, that kind of answers that question as far as, like, why do we do certain special edition, you know, certain, you know, I guess we always say they're permanent, but then we, we ditched red-blooded after a while, um, which was more, that was more because our vendor closed up shop, the printer that printed those. Oh, no. Oh. That was uh, Dan Barron, who was a real small print shop, and it was getting to be too much for him anyway, and he actually got out of printing. Um, but he was, he just did such a good job with those. And we, you know, I guess we could have found someone else to do them, but it didn't because that kind of always felt like his edition. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, yeah, you know, the ones that at least we keep in stock for a longer time, you know, that we'll keep adding those. Like, I would guess that if we did something else, maybe go into the bigger size, like the arts and sciences size would maybe be something, mm-hmm. we, you know, we've talked about that or there's no concrete plans right now because we've still got a few of those left. But uh, gotcha. once that sells out, I imagine we'll probably, or gets really close to selling out, we'll probably start talking about doing a craft edition of the bigger size. Oh, that would be awesome. I do love the... Um... Well, I love everything about the Starbucks Roastery edition, but I, mm-hmm. I especially like the dot grid with that big size. I think it yeah. is really good mm-hmm. for just like big. Yeah, that's that's been things. kind of one of the big questions with that is if we did do that bigger size, what paper would be inside of it? Because to do all four, you know, you know, to do or you know, to do a mix, you know, there are two packs, so you couldn't really do a mixed pack. 
Yeah, you could do one graph and one ruling. It's just that's that's always sort of the argument we get into when we start talking about that. Yeah. Um, you know, graph makes sense, but so does ruled and so does plane, you know. <laughs> so does doctorate, and then 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 you're printing five different sets instead of And one. you know there will be angry people in the field that's forum about anything you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, and then that's just a matter again, it's like investing in a huge stock of books that will take some time to sell, you know, which you know, we know we'd sell them over time, but do you want your money tied up in that or do you want to work on these smaller projects that um, and then as far as the paper in this, um, we have looked at, the, the, it's like a tricky question because the, the paper we're using, which is in most of the books, you know, in, and definitely in all the regular editions is that 50 pound uh, Finch. And that is, see, like most people are happy with that, you know, and I know there's a lot of fountain yeah. pen people who, you know, who would like something a lot different, but that's as vocal as they are and as much as we love the field nuts and, you know, and the, and the hardcore fans who we get all that feedback from and it's very useful. That's still sort of like such a, you know, there's so many other users that just don't even consider that. Yeah. It's something, yeah, it is something, you know, to do some sort of specific, you know, fountain pen edition is attractive, you know, because that's something, again, we would, there would be a market for and we'd sell over time. But we've done tests with paper a few times now where I've sent, you know, a few fountain pen friends I've got, um, you know, samples of a few different papers just to see what would work best. And we never get any kind of consensus. It's always, you know, it, it, you know like I'll send six papers to, to four or five different people and get them back. And, and each one of them will have picked a different favorite, you know, and I think it's just maybe a function of each pen, you know, they'll test it with several pens and inks and come up with their favorite. But I think, you know, even just the way people write and the different pens and inks they use, you know, makes that tricky to just sort of nail it down to one paper that always works. Uh, but we are, we are working on, you know, we, we, we've been getting sample papers from some different suppliers and keep testing them. And we're kind of like looking for something that we really feel good about. And, you know, at some point, hopefully if we found something that was in the same price range and, you know, and seemed like it was going to work better for more people, we would switch to that for everything over time. Nice. Awesome. Well, of all of the papers you've used, um, what do you find to be the most pencil friendly or graphite friendly? Um, I don't, you know, for, um, like I generally either use our field notes pencils or, you know, like a black wing and, um, we were talking earlier, like the, the expedition's fun to write on with a pencil, but I don't know if I yeah. can use that all. It's, it's, it's like a neat feeling, but, uh. I don't like probably America the Beautiful. That paper in there was great. That was the, uh, I think that was Finch Fine, which is a variation of the Finch and it had a little more texture to it. And it was a heavier weight. It was a 70 pound. Mm-hmm. And I like that one a lot. And I'm trying to think of what else. Like, uh, I just like that. I actually like, like Ambition has that off white. I think that was, was that Finch Fine? Also? Yeah, no, that, that one was really nice. Yeah, I just like the color of that and the texture of that was nice. I like, yeah, I like that little bit of green and it is nice, but you know, I don't know if everyone likes that. I guess probably, you know, the fountain pen people and the pencil people, but as far as for everyday use, I don't know if that's something people really like or not. Cool. But yeah, probably that for, as far as the interior paper, I think, and I think a lot of the fountain pen people like that Finch fine too, but that's pretty good deal more expensive than the, than the regular Finch. Yeah, the regular so I don't think is really yeah, I don't think smooth. that's something we could use. And I don't think, I th- that was a 70 pound, I don't think they make that in a 50. Maybe they do. But even, yeah, I don't know. That was, uh, it fit that edition just, you know, color-wise and weight-wise and everything. But <laughs> So um, 
we talked a little bit earlier about the the fervent community of collectors that that exists uh, mm -hmm. not just field nuts but even in the erasable group which is um which is kind of our podcast's community um right. which is slowly catching up to the field nuts yeah. um so what do you, what do you guys think did you did you ever think that there would be such a fervent following and and just like the incredible prices that some of the old editions will fetch on eBay. If we did, we would have saved more of them because <laughs> we sure don't have uh, a lot of them here. Um, yeah. We, you know, we fantasized about it. I'll say, you know, like it was, it was something that we sort of considered like, haha, wouldn't it be funny? You know, and, and, and it's also in both ways, like, you know, that would be good, but then that would be bad too. And it is good and bad in a way, you know, there's sort of like the, what is it? The Dutch, uh, tulip craze of the you know the 1600s or whatever when people were like you know investing their family fortunes buying one tulip bulb or something like that you know it's like uh -huh. you just see, you know and then it you know and then everything was like you know and beanie babies are, are another good example of that where you know it's just sort of like we definitely have to walk this line of, of like we don't want to artificially you know influence or inflate the market or make you know false demand or promise anything that's not you know it's like it's neat to see people get so excited about them but on the other hand we're making them to use you know we want people to to write in them and, and yeah. use them and you know like i think you know i remember writing the text in the in the subscription um like on the web page and stuff it says uh you know one to one to use and one to hoard because you get two sets and you know i kind of wrote that tongue-in-cheek when i first did it but <laughs> I guess people take it seriously. Well, what one to use and five to hoard? Yeah, right. But we don't. Yeah, we don't. Um, you know, it, like we we absolutely, literally do not have. I think we have one. I found a sealed three pack of Butcher Blue a couple, like maybe six I, months ago. I remember that. Yeah, and that was that's the only sealed three pack we have. And we have like our you know our museum in the display case here. And I know the one the the three pack of Butcher Blue in there was one real one in front, and then two similar ones behind it. You know, like we can even find it like you know. A, half used one to put in there um and you know there's a few other additions yeah we really don't have many of around here we've been a little better about hiding away a few extra every time now but <laughs> i definitely um you know remember very clearly when field notes started making color additions and i remember just sitting there thinking this is really dumb like why would anybody not want to use the the craft brown because that's the the coolest and that's the signature one so i really did not even ever consider buying one until like a balsam fur yeah, and I had a pack. I had some of those, and and I didn't, I didn't again until I think like way up until America the Beautiful. Like, <laughs> I just kicked myself. I, I could have, <laughs> I, I could have had a collection from the beginning, but it's all right. I, I I do have hoarding tendencies, but I try mostly to use them. I try not to buy any that I know I wouldn't use. Yeah, well, that's what they're for, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always, I'm always happier to see one all torn up and written in and stained yeah. up than than one in the shrink wrap. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so should um, we uh, should we realign some of our talk to pencils? Yeah. Or did, were you sure. going to say something? Um, Me no. Everybody? Good. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, so I've always sort of wondered, um, among other things, how you guys came up with a green eraser because I really <laughs> like it aesthetically, but it seems like, I don't know, it clashes with the field notes in some way. So I was wondering if you could talk about your field notes pencil, not necessarily like who makes it or where it's made, but how you sure. came up with the design. Um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember, you know, it was a long time ago. I'm pretty sure that was sort of a choice from, you know, we, we get them kind of from a promotions company and we actually don't 
know the provenance of them all as well as we should and we're kind of working on that but the uh the green eraser i think was maybe the choice from several options and aaron just if i remember correctly i think it was just aaron picked it just thinking it looked kind of crazy and he was right it, it does stand out but I, I yeah i love love the look of it, it even if, yeah. if, if you'll notice um in our um first sticker uh, erasable sticker that we did we have a, yeah. a natural wood pencil with a green eraser that's yeah. definitely a a callback to that um yeah it's distinctive and it's um and it looks really yeah. good with that kind of like brushed metal ferrule yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah like a, yeah aluminum sort of yeah i like yeah i love those pencils they're just uh you know like you know obviously anyone listening to this knows way more about pencils than i do but you know you, you just end up with these pencils like after using one of those even you know I mean, you know i know there's much nicer ones but but you know i i just have gotten so in the habit of using those now or you know i use a blackwing sometimes too but then you go back and you find like you know, like a, a dollar store pencil or like you know my kids will have just beat up pencils in their bag that they got from you know Halloween, you know, trick or treating or something like that. And just, you know, you go to sharpen it and the lead breaks and it's just like, oh, this yeah. is the worst. Like, it makes me so <laughs> mad now. And it's like, you know, I'm not even like, I don't even know much about it. And I'm not a little snobby about it. But yeah, like it, there's something to be said for a good quality pencil. And I, th- I feel like those are, without being, you know, particularly expensive or anything, are, are pretty solid pencils. I um, I, I think we, we get so many pencil converters um, who for years and years have just used like, you know, office depot brand pencils or something that's super cheap and then yeah they try out like a field notes pencil or a black wing or even even like a golden bear or a nice ticonderoga yeah uh, and they're oh like, yeah even oh, yeah ticonderoga is yeah. okay yeah just any you know you just you definitely realize that they're you know they're that the brand you know sort of brand name yeah you know, but they're just better you know the lead's just more consistent you know i just i just you know you get like that you know one with like the the sort of sublimated graphic like pumpkins all over it or something and yeah you just go to sharpen that thing and it breaks like you know oh, it's just so frustrating <laughs> so the the it's question so yeah the question that i i guess i've been wondering since we had a i don't know if that was you on the other end of the field notes brand instagram uh where we were mostly just talking about oh yep that was me yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah dawson generally usually kind of i know instagram is frustrating because you can't have more than one account yeah. open at a time so yeah. dawson usually runs that but then when i have something i'll jump in there and Cool. Well, uh, somebody asked me. They, I, I can't remember. I think I noticed the field notes in there, and I was like, "Hey, we should talk about field notes." And then Johnny was like, <laughs> "You should come on the podcast." And you were like, "Let's do it." And somebody oh, goes, sure. "Somebody goes, OMG, are you guys working on a field notes bullet pencil?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, not yet." Um, no. Um, so I know that bullet pencils and kind of the original field notes concept. Mm-hmm just go really hand in hand they're both like kind of started as maybe advertising material they're both yeah, yeah sort of giveaways either from you know like yeah. farm supply companies or tractor companies or you know just other industrial people yeah because it just you know made sense they're both you know they fit in your pocket you could just clip the clip the bullet pencil so that was definitely when we when we first kind of started talking about doing you know some extra giveaways or extra items um, I remember one of the first things Aaron came up with was the bullet pencils because he had a lot in his collection already too from picking up the books over time, mm-hmm. and uh, and we just looked and looked and looked and couldn't find you know an American vendor and the, you know just or anything we felt really good about. So that's something that we've always really wanted to do. And I know Aaron you know continues to look into it and we're trying to sort something out for it. But uh, yeah, no no new concrete plans. I know there's we've talked to a few people that ran Kickstarters and you know they made some really neat things, but it was all sort of um, you know just 
you know, beautiful, beautiful bullet pencils that work great, but it's just not sort of the everyday disposable junkie, you know, kind of, you know, giveaway kind of item thing that we wanted to do, you know, something, you know, we might do something like that as, as an expensive thing. But I mean, you know, for us, I think to do a bullet pencil, we'd want to do something, you know, just, just to keep them cheap and disposable and, yeah. uh, you know, an authentic sort of to the old style. Yeah. Rather than, you know, we don't need anything made out of ballistic carbon fiber or anything like that. <laughs> Tactical bullet pencil. Right. Yeah. 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 We, there's, we'll, we'll keep making that out of books and everyone else can make the tactical cases. And the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's an incredible, um, just aftermarket on stuff like that. Like, yeah, you know, there's, well, the, I think it's, there's the stuff sheath and there's all stuff yeah. like that, but you know, so many amazing just, uh, field notes holders out there. Yeah, yeah, lots of really cool other products and, and different covers and things. And I think that's that's sort of the function. I mean, any, any hobby like that, you sort of get into it, and you're kind of like, I need more, you know, more. You know, what else can I do? I'm into I'm into <laughs> Vespa scooters, and it's it's the same thing with that. Like, I got this scooter now. What can I glue onto it? You know, like I need some stickers, <laughs> and I need some I need some more lights and some mirrors, and I need you know to quarter <laughs> this thing out. And I think that's kind of probably the same the same attitude. Like, I need to. <laughs> I can't just stop with the books. I need some accessories, <laughs> yeah. which is cool. Though. It is, it's neat to see what people come up with and there's some really neat products out there and uh, yeah. some, yeah, some of the covers are really beautiful. There's lots of choices there, which is cool. Well, Brian, do you, do you have any questions that you would want to ask the pencil community at large? Like, is there anything that you have like questions like you'd want to bring up or things that you've been thinking about that you wanted to mention? Uh, well, it's not so much really. I think, um, you know, we certainly appreciate all the love we get from everybody. It's fantastic just to read, you know, we poke through field nuts and we try to all pretend we don't read it, but we, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's sort of like, you know, either get outraged about things people say, or yeah, they're right. We should try to do this better. Um, but yeah, just seeing that, you know, the community build up around it and, you know, and meeting all these people that, you know, people come into the office to see our, you know, I, I say museum, but as you guys are probably aware, it's just a display case with all of our books in it. But, uh, you know, people come in we've had people come from you know, around the world, you know, we're in Chicago for a conference and we had to come to field notes. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, you know, I would be, I'd be out at the beach if I didn't have to be here. But, uh, <laughs> The, uh, but it is, it's just, it's super rewarding just to know people get so excited about them and, you know, and we don't always, we're not able to, you know, always keep in touch with everyone or, you know, or always, you know, make it clear that we appreciate the feedback, but we certainly do. It's all, you know, we do see it all and read it and take it into account. So, um, yeah, just keep, you know, keep the kind words coming and keep using the notebooks and, you know, if you have suggestions, we're happy to hear them. Awesome. So what is your favorite pencil and sharpener and maybe even your favorite non-field notes notebook? Is it a secret? Uh, you know what? It's it's kind of <laughs> funny how little, I think probably some people here maybe follow a little more closely than I do. I don't really, I sort of make a point of not looking at other notebooks too much because I don't want to have an idea and then find out someone else already did it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually plausible about- deniability. Yeah, I'm not even, yeah, without getting into too much detail, it's sort of happened a couple of times where we thought we sort of, you know, not, you know, obviously we didn't invent anything, but, you know, we sort of thought we had an original idea and then later found out someone else, you know, either before or after we printed it, found out that there was already something like that on the market. But, 
So I don't follow too closely. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, obviously we're aware of Moleskin and what they're doing and, uh, um, you know, there uh, lots of, I'm trying to think, I mean, I think Rodeo, I like a lot just cause they keep it simple and they, you know, they just have a real sort of distinctive look to them and feel. And the, yeah. yeah I, and I like that, you know, like the top flip, you know, the way they open up, I think that's a nice way to do it. Have you seen the Nakko um, top flip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw those in the last few days. Those look pretty cool. And that's um, isn't that that's Brad Dowdy, right? Yep, that's Brad mm-hmm. Dowdy. Yep, yeah, um, yeah. Our ink friend. Yep. Yeah, I did their podcast too. That's they're the only other ones that realized that I'm actually the genius behind everything. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're the ones with the with the vision. We, we got. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Brian, I'm I'm interested to know um, where can people find you. Um, on the internet um as far as field notes is uh um well i i guess i guess you specifically? yeah you you specifically if you care to give out that information and if not no sure yeah if you, all you have to do is just yeah say something mean about me and i'll show up <laughs> <laughs> no um i am i well you know what like i said i'm really into scooters and for a long time i did a website called two stroke buzz which is really defunct right now but that's always what, I, what comes to mind when people ask where to find me but i i have updated to that twice in the last two years so that's probably not a good place <laughs> and then um i'm one of the last holdouts on on Flickr, but i'm starting to give up on that too i'm on instagram as as uh brought what am i on there brian noise b-r-y-a-n-n-o-i-s-e mm-hmm. and um on i'm on on the Twitter? Flickr, yeah. I'm on Flickr is two-stroke buzz. I'm on Twitter, but I really don't use it much, so it's probably not really... You can follow me on there. I mean, it's... Uh, um, what am I on there? Jeez, you'd think I'd know this stuff. <laughs> um, if you just search Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, Bedell, B-E-D-E-L-L, on Twitter, I'm on there. But I don't post... And I really don't post on there. I'd say probably Instagram, if you're looking for... You know, follow Field, follow field Notes brand on Instagram... And then I'm Brian Noise on Instagram, and I post a little once in a while. I post a little behind the scenes at the printer or something like that on there. If you're into that sort of thing, those are great. People just eat that up too. Yeah, and then I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, I'm people on contact you through, on Facebook, through the... but I don't. Yeah, I'm not kind of just try to keep Facebook to people I know in person. Yeah. Um, although I, I had a funny story, I went to see a local production of Spam a lot a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and, and the director came up to me afterwards and was like, are you Brian Vidal? <laughs> and that was certainly the first time that ever happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> he, pulled, awesome. he pulled a stuff sheet out of, stuff sheath out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's my friend on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, but that's awesome. No, it's great when that happens. I yeah, had, it was, I, it was, yeah, it was, it I had was somebody, uh, somebody recognized my, me from my uh, erasable t-shirt. I was standing in line for coffee in San Francisco and somebody was like, my husband listens to your podcast. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, and people can get a hold of you if they need to through the Field Notes website too, even probably. Yep. Yeah. Or just Brian with the Y-B-R-Y-A-N at fieldnotesbrand.com. Cool. Yeah. And I'm always, uh, I'm always happy to uh, talk about Field Notes <laughs> all day. Yeah. And Tim, where can people find you on on social media? You can find me at thewritingarsenal.com, at writingarsenal on Twitter, and then on Instagram at thewritingarsenal. Johnny, how about you? I am at pencilrevolution.com, and things are going to pick up this month, so Promise stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Both are at Pencilution. Cool. 
Um, I'm Andy Welfley. I am at woodclinched.com, also another site that hasn't been updated, but there's something something deep inside me brewing that I'm trying to <laughs> get out there. <laughs> there's there's plenty of lovely field notes unboxings on there. So oh, yeah. <laughs> no problem. I finally I finally figured out I have this lamp that if I lay it a certain way, I can I can lay my phone down on top of it and basically make <laughs> something that points down to my hands. So I I love watching <laughs> like the um, like Mac pro, like Apple product unboxing videos. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, this was this is a really good natural evolution of that. Um, so uh, woodclinch.com, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as A. Wellfley. Uh, and this website, uh, this podcast at large, uh, we are the Erasable Podcast. Uh, we're online at erasable.us. Uh, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. It's great. There's people posting things every day, um, multiple times every day. It's just an amazing community. Um, or you can just visit our page, uh, which is uh, facebook.com slash podcast. Uh, or find us on Twitter at Erasable Podcast. Um, find us on, uh, you can find this episode and show notes for it at erasable.us slash 27. We'll have links to everything we've been talking about. Um, you can find uh, Perfection of the Paperclip, the book that we are talking about this month. Um, you can find that there, um, as well as all sorts of fun other stuff. So uh, thank you all very much for listening, and we'll catch you in two weeks. <laughs>